Jesus spake these things unto them, Behold, there came a certain ruler, and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood, twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. The black preacher preached on the man what had a drug store in the hem of his garment. I wish I'd have thought of that. Verse number 21. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Now we get back to what he was doing in verse number 18. Verse 24, uh, 23. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house, he saw the minstrels and the people making a noise. And he said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose. And the fame hereof went abroad into all that land. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him, and said, uh, Jesus said unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? They said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. Would you ask him to help me? Father, I love you. Thank you, Lord, for saving a wretch like me. Thank you for the grace of God that's sufficient for not only to save, but to sustain us in whatever situation we may encounter. Thank you for the good singing today, for the presence of the Holy Ghost. And I pray that you'd be honored in the preaching this morning. Speak to every one of our hearts. May we leave, uh, Lord, different than we were when we came. Uh, these two blind men that you opened their eyes, Lord, they left different than they were when they came in the house. And I pray eyes would be open today. I pray the dead would be raised from a life of sin and shame and the church would be stirred and moved for the glory of God. We're going to love you now and thank you for what you do. We ask it, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you uh, for standing and uh, uh, reverence unto the Word of God today. I love the Word. I reverence, the, I reverence the Word of God and I respect everything Jesus said. In our uh, scripture this morning, I'm not going to deal, I don't think, with the woman with the issue of blood or the two blind men, but they are significant in the passage that I read. I want to preach to you about this ruler in verse number 18. When he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. This must be a very important uh, portion of Scripture because Jesus had it recorded in Matthew chapter 9. He had it recorded in Mark chapter 5. He had it recorded in Luke chapter 8. And so there must be something in here very important. Very few things are mentioned in all the gospel. When you get read Matthew, that's talking about the kingdom gospel. And you read uh, Mark, that's talking about the servant. 
Mark bringing it down to our, our level as being a servant. Luke talks about the Son of Man, and John talks about deity, the Son of God. He said, I and the Father are one. Got him in trouble with a bunch of Pharisees. But this uh, story, this uh, incident that I read to you out of uh, Matthew 9 is recorded in Mark 5 and also in Luke chapter 8. I studied all three of them this week. If we get into all three of them, which I don't have time to do, I want to kind of get it congealed down to my text this morning. But you'd find this man's name is Jairus. He's been called everything in the world, uh, mispronouncing his name, but as best I know, you got a long I in the middle of it and a long A, and his name is pronounced Jairus. I'm not trying to improve on anybody, but uh, Jairus is a ruler of the Jew. He's a dad. He's got a 12-year-old uh, a young girl in his house, and she is sick. If we had time to read to Mark 5 and Luke 8, and this baby, his 12-year-old, the Bible said little girl, and I got in trouble preaching that here a while back about a 12-year-old still a little girl, and the preacher's wife got mad at me, won't have me back to preach, amen. But I think 12-year-olds are still a little girl. They ought to be playing with dolls, amen. I don't think they need high heels and lipstick and rouge and trying to look like something in Hollywood. I don't have time. Lord, I'll get thrown out of here this morning, I reckon. Amen. But I don't think the preacher's wife here will get mad at me. I think the other one got mad at me because she is trying to live her lust in her 12-year-old daughter. Somebody say amen. All right, let's leave this little girl alone for a little while, if I can, this morning. But Jairus, his daughter gets sick, and here's a dad for you men that are here this morning. Here's a dad that's a ruler of the Jews, the Bible said, a ruler of the synagogue in verse number 18 and the other accounts in the Scripture, and he took his religion home with him. He had more than just in the four walls of the church, and you and I need to do that as well. Amen. And so Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, he takes his religion home with him, or uh, the experience that he's had with the Lord, and he gets concerned about his family. Now listen, I've got five points, I'll be uh, through in a little bit. When that little girl is in the home dead, she's a type of a lost young person. Would you agree? Jesus raised three from the dead. He raised this young lady and he raised the widow of Nain's son, a young man, and he raised Lazarus from the dead. Here's a young lady that's dead in the home. The young man was dead about uh, a block from the cemetery, gone out of the gates of the city. And old Lazarus so bad, he just stunk so bad. He, and Jesus raises the young and the middle-aged and the old. Amen. But nevertheless, Jairus gets concerned about his family. And he gets out of the synagogue. He gets out of the house. And he goes looking for the Lord Jesus Christ. You follow me? He goes and finds Jesus in verse number 18. While he spake these things, Jesus, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead. Now he got that message after he left the house. He left her sick, but before he got to Jesus, they come, the servant said, Trouble not the master, your daughter is already dead. In my meditation and study this week, there might be a dad in this conversation congregation and somebody says you think your family has gone too far 
and there's no hope for you. I'm telling you, I would make up my mind I'm going to God with the problems I've got. I'm going to Jesus with my children. I've got a granddaughter this morning that gave birth here a few days ago and I, I can't deal with that very much. I'll get too much. Amen. But she's a very sick young lady and got a lot of difficulty from birthing that uh, great grand boy of mine into this world and I love her for that and I texted her this morning and told her I loved her and I'm praying for her and she said Papa I am sick but I'll be praying while you preach amen if that don't put some wind in your sails praise God and get you stirred up I don't know what was but here's a man that got concerned about his family and got out of the house and went to Jesus with his problems and difficulty if I was you this morning dad I'd run to the Lord Jesus Christ and I would bring my family to him and I'd lay him down at the foot of the altar and beg God to intervene and help my family Jesus still answers prayer amen he's a good God and he wants families put back together I remember 57 years ago when Jesus uh, entered into the Reigns family my portion of the Reigns family and he turned it around from night to day and gave us a Christian home and I praise God for it amen I intend to serve him till I die and preach till he says it's enough look at my thought in Matthew chapter number 9 and verse number 9 verse number 9 verse number 24 9 24 he said Jesus said unto them give place for the maid is not dead but sleepeth and they laughed him to scorn I don't have time to preach about dead and sleeping if you're a Bible student you know what he's talking about we just go to sleep a little while and going to wake up in the arms of Jesus amen but nevertheless here's my thought in verse number 24 Jesus said unto them give place I've got five things I want to try to bring you this morning with this little simple thought elementary Sunday school lesson give place I don't think that'd be hard to understand would it give place give place to Jesus give place to what he's doing in this home when you give place to Jesus I tell you great things happen amen I've got five P's and I'll be through this morning give place to his presence Give place to the presence of the Lord. Every home, every family needs Jesus to be the head of that home. Amen. I remember 57 years ago, maybe a year went by before I came of age and realized some things that I needed to know as a dad and as a husband. But I do remember uh, 56 years ago or so, a year or so after I got saved, I don't know what our pastor preached, but his mean as a junkyard dog and I'm telling you preach the hide off of the uh, side of the barn amen I'm glad he did I needed it and he preached to our heart whatever he preached I remember leaving out of the sanctuary that morning pastor and my car was parked over here on the left hand side right as the uh, sidewalk goes out in front of the building and I went out there and opened the door for my wife are you men listen and let her in the car and I said Lord Jesus you get 
get in the car with it. From this day forward, you're going to be the master of our life, the master of our home, the master of our family, the master of our house. And we got to the house, I got her out of the car and I opened the front door and I said, Lord Jesus, come into this house and you're going to be the unseen guest at every meal. You're going to be the silent listener to every conversation and I refuse to back up one bit. Amen. I believe Jesus is real enough to be real at church, real in the car, and real at the house, and real down on the job. The preacher said he's a very present help, Psalm 46, in the time of trouble. So we let Jesus be the Lord of our house. He is Lord. I didn't make him Lord. He's already Lord. I just want to be Lord of my life and Lord of my house. When you give presence, when you give place to the presence of the Lord, think what happened in Jairus' house. He turned death into life. He turned darkness into light. He turned sadness into gladness. All that took place because Jesus came in. There's people listening to my voice and you're sad. You come to church that way. And I understand that. Your you was so low, your nose was plowing a fur and your tail was covering it up like a two-row cultivator. You're sad. But Jesus can turn that around and make you glad. I wouldn't be surprised after praying this week that there's probably somebody in this congregation that's dead in Ephesians 2.1 you who were dead in trespasses and sin a sinner in the eyes of God is dead in trespasses and sin well then you let Jesus come in and we know what the Bible said Matthew 18.20 where two or three are gathered together in my name there am I in the midst would you believe with all of my heart I believe the Lord Jesus Christ Christ is in this place. I know He's in my heart. He came in there 57 years ago and He sealed Himself in, going to never depart till the rapture occurred and gets me a new body and all of that. But Jesus is in my heart. But I'm telling you this, if the Bible's true, and it is, He said if two or three of you gather together my name, where you do that, Matthew 18, 20, there am I in the midst. He's in the midst here today. And the Bible said in Luke 19.10, He comes to seek and save that which is lost. He went to Jehovah's house because there's a little dead girl there. And the Bible said, He took her by the hand, and maybe some of this is in Matthew, some of it's in Mark, some of it's in Luke. So if I get all three of them uh, combined together, and part of it in one, part of it in the other. But the Bible said, uh, he said she's dead, and they laughed at him and made fun of him. And I got a message, I preach on that. I don't preach it very much, but it probably needs to be preached. But the Bible said he took this maid, by this little maid, the 12-year-old girl, by the hand, and said, Maiden, I say unto thee, arise. I think Mark says, or Luke says, he said, Talitha Kumi, 
Telethakuma, that's the Greek, for made I say unto thee arise. And he took that little 12 year old girl by the hand and raised her up and restored her to her mom and dad. Here's my thought. If he's here this morning, and he is, and he's just as real 2,000 years this side of this uh, Matthew chapter 9, he's just as real this morning as he was back then. He'll walk the aisles of this church. He'll deal with your heart. He'll come to some of you that are here this morning. Maybe it's a young lady. Have you met the Master? Have you been born again? Have you been saved by the grace of God? Has Jesus ever extended that nail pierced hand and got you by the hand and said, Maid, I say unto thee, arise. You've got something to do with being saved. God made you a free moral agent and what you need to do is obey what He said for you to do. Well, I've got one gear, and that's the only gear I got, and I'm not going to change it for you or anybody else. I may have to drop down in double low, but I'll make it. Amen. But he got that made by the hand and said, Arise. Jairus, preacher, gave place to his presence. He wanted Jesus around. I think these churches around Landrum don't want him around. He messes up the program. He is the program. Uh, Listen to me. And there's people that don't want him. This crowd didn't want him. I'm going to tell you who they were in just a minute. But they gave place to his presence. And then the Bible said he said they had to give place to his precept. That's for alliteration, say. They had to give place to what he said. They had to give place to his word. You say, preacher, I just don't, you're too loud and you're too fast and you can do this, that, and other. Well, I don't serve hot dogs on steak plates. If you want a hot dog, we'll get you a hot dog down at the Greasy Spoon, but I like to get a good old T-bone every now and then. I did get a T-bone here a while back, and a fellow with me, a song leader from up at Progress, and he weighs about 400 pounds. If you want to know something about good eating, talk somebody eats. Amen. Yeah. And I got a steak and it just didn't taste right. And he said, well, preacher, you got to tell him you want it fire grilled or fire kissed. Let the flame hit that fat and let it get to sizzling. But if they just grill it without any flame hitting it, it just don't taste the same as being fire grilled. Next time you get a steak, take me with you and say, uh, I want it fire grilled. Act like I was a connoisseur of a beef steak. Said, Give me one of them our steaks that's fire grilled. And sure enough, that second one I got, Miss Ryan, I eat it every bit. And like uh, Mr. Spat, licked a spoon and ate the fat or whatever my mama used to say, I just about licked a plate. That's how good that steak was. Now the Bible said all the fats of the Lord in Leviticus 3.16. I like that verse. Amen. Yes, all the fat belongs to the Lord. Amen. Are you listening to me? They had to give place not only to His presence, but they had to be obedient to what He said. His precept for the Word of God. Yes, 
So they had to listen to his word, and they did. They did what he said. She did what he said, and that 12-year-old girl was restored to life. Not only his presence, give place to his presence, and then give place to preaching. Would you I believe that'll fit better. I didn't think of that. I believe that maybe fit better. Give place to preaching. God has ordained the foolishness of preaching to save them that'll believe. And I had a my had a family jump on me and said, "You're ruining our son." I was out back in the back of my place with an old 1943 drag line that should have been buried back in the night during the war. But I bought that thing to dig me a fish pond. And I was back there working. Here come this feller down through the pasture, and he was high stepping. His coattail was about. He said. I got off there and went down. He said, what have you done to my son? I said, what are you talking about? Who is your son? He told me who his son was. He said, my son comes in our house and said, we're sitting there watching our TV program. And he said, our son puts his hand up like it and he won't look at that stuff we're watching. I said, well, probably a lot of it ain't worth watching. Well, there's some good things. Might be some, maybe some preaching on there once in a while. But that boy got under conviction, and I thank God for it. He would, he would turn his head. He said, you're ruining my son. I said, you had him 18 years. He's been at Pleasant View about six months. How did I ruin him? I'm not picking on you. I'm just telling you, preaching... Some folks don't like it. Some folks do like it. And here's some like it hot, some like it cold, some like it in the pot nine days old. I like mine hot. Amen. I like mine fire kissed. I don't know what you think about my preaching or Brother Jackson's preaching or anybody else's preaching, but I have begged God this week, and I got up this morning, got on my knees, and I said, Lord, I'm a sorry example of it, but I said, fill me with the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He'll guide you into all truth. He'll be with you. He'll be in you, and He'll be upon you. I said, Lord, I know He's in me. I want Him with me, and I want Him upon me when I preach the Word of God. Amen. And you don't have to act like I do. Do like I do. But this woman, uh, this young lady, uh, Jairus' little daughter, she heard the Word of God and did what God told her to do. I hope you will today. I hope you'll respond to what Jesus tells I don't know what He might tell you. Maybe a thousand different things, but you're going to have to learn to obey the Word of God. He, His presence, the Bible said in verse 23, He came in. Verse number 24, He said, You're going to have to give place to preaching or speaking or everything, how you think that. The reason I preach the way I do, God geared me that way. But Isaiah 58, 58, 1 said, lift up your voice like that. That's what I told this dad to come down through the pasture. said, well, you don't have to get out here and scream on the street corner and scream in the pulpit. I said, you probably don't have to do that. But Jesus said through the pen of Isaiah, lift up your voice like a trumpet, cry aloud and spare not. Amen. A lot of folks got deaf ears and they can't hear. And so we have to lift our voice like a trumpet. I think a trumpet ought to have a certain sound, don't you? Say amen right there. 
trumpet give a certain sound. He came in in verse number 24. He spake in verse number 24, came in in 23, spake in 24. Notice what he said. The maid's not dead, but sleeping. They laughed in the scorn. I don't have time to deal with that. I got a message on mocking the master. But look at 25. When the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose. For alliteration's sake, we got his presence in 23, we got his precepts or preaching in 24, and we got his preeminence in verse number 25. Fasten your seatbelt and stay with me. When the people were put forth, if we had time to go to the other accounts of the Scripture, Brother Jared, here's what the Bible said. There were minstrels, musicians and singers, and they were gathered around J. Imerson's house, and they were mourning and singing and weeping and nothing wrong with that. But Jesus came in, and the Bible said he put them forth. He said, you all step back. She's not dead. She's just asleep, and I'm getting ready to raise. There ain't never been a song got anybody out of the grave. Now, I enjoy your singing, Beth, and I enjoy that other lady, and I, I enjoy uh, Jared singing. I enjoy my own singing when I'm in the shower. My daughter told me, she said, if we had a shower at church, Dad, you could really sing. I said, till they do, don't sing. Amen. He, he had to have the preeminence, preacher. I believe he's here, don't you? I believe with all of my heart he's here. I believe I'm preaching. If this ain't preaching, help me after church. I'll listen. You can teach an old dog new tricks. I have. I shot my neighbor's dog. I taught him to leave my chickens alone. Amen. He ain't bothered one cent. Preaching and then preeminence. Don't get mad at me now. But if you're singing and my singing and the choir singing and the bass playing, used to be a trumpet, you trumpet sounding. If that brings more attention to you than it does Jesus, he's not getting a preeminence. Now, if I sang this morning, I would probably get your attention. I sing, frog him in a court, and he did right. Uh huh, uh huh. I'd probably get your attention, but Jesus wouldn't get any. But you get up there singing three part harmony, and the choir singing them alto. You ladies coming in on alto. Now I sing alto, solo, also. I sing all four parts when I'm singing. But I'm telling you, when that choir singing this morning, I believe Jesus got the preeminence. Some of these men grunting a little bit. When you ladies hit that alto note and you come in on that, I'm telling you, bless my heart, preacher. All things. He is Colossians 1, I believe it's 18, Colossians 1, 10, 1, 18. The Bible said in all things, Jesus is to have the preeminence. If my preaching impresses you to where you think I'm Billy Graham incarnate, I didn't believe he died, didn't he? If, my, if you get more, I get more attention than Jesus did out of my preaching, I need to go back to a laurel thicket under a bush somewhere and cry out to God for me to die, and I'm to decrease, he's to increase. 
He got the preeminence. They had music. I love music, don't you? You won't ever have much of a church without good music and good singing. And we ought to know what we're singing about. You can make a joyful noise, but it's, it's a play skillfully on a stringed instrument. You ought to be skilled. You ought to do your best to sing your part. And the piano ought to be in tune. The organ ought to be in tune. I don't know what's wrong with that organ. I don't know if the organist died or what's wrong with it or it gave up the goat or whatever. Somebody ought to be playing the organ. Yes, sir. Javis, get your daughter out of the dead and get her on to a, a song. Uh, some lady or some man teach her how to play the organ. Get these instruments rolling for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Verse 23, you got it? I'm talking about giving place. Give place to His presence. Give place to the preaching in verse number 24. Give place to His preeminence in verse number 25. When the people were put forth, he, they put them out of the way. I'm sure he is a gentleman. He went in, took her by the hand. They was probably on the porch and he couldn't even get in the house. He went in, verse number 25, may have been in the chamber where she was, but the Bible said he went in twice. He took her by the hand and the maid arose. He told her to arise, telleth the kumi in the other account of the scripture. When you get his presence and you get his preaching and you get him getting all the preeminence, the next thing you're going to see is the power of God. You get these three in grill, threefold cords not quickly broken. You get those three, his presence and the preaching of the word of God and him getting all the glory. I'll be honest with you. Here's what he said. If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Lift him up in your singing. Lift him up on the instrumentals. Lift him up on the offering. Lift him up in the message. If my, pre if my preaching doesn't edify the saints and glorify the Son, I may as well go back to the house. Amen. But you get these three, give place to those three, and we'll see the demonstration of the power of God back in the house of God again. And you know, as well as I do, there's not enough power in the average Baptist church to blow a gnat's nose much less convert an old drunk off the street or some old sinner that's been way out yonder in sin somewhere or get somebody off the dead bed, a deathbed and raise them up. We're not seeing that power anymore. I think it's because we're not giving place. I want to give him every place in my heart. I don't have any room in my heart that's in a place where Jesus can't get in. And I have prayed that prayer. Every crack and every crevice of my heart, Lord, I want you to feel it. And I'm not trying to impress you. I'm trying to preach what God told me to preach. We better get the power of God back on our church. My wife is the most precious thing in the world to me. Jesus and my wife, my family. You can take about the rest of it, do whatever you want to with it. But we were eating a piece of toast, and I could see us looking out the back window. I could see the concern in her face for our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren just coming along. Where are they going to find the experience of power of God? I hope we do down to church, Brother Jerry. 
I'm concerned. I don't know about you. I've got nine or ten great-grands coming along. Who's going to preach to them? God help. When Jesus comes in, when the preaching takes place, He gets preeminent, and the power of God is real. Listen very closely. The Lord spoke to my heart. You'll see families together serving God. You don't see a whole lot about Miss J. Ivers, his wife. You don't see anything about her in any of the three accounts as far as I know. You can help me. You read them all when you get time. You don't see anything about her, but she's in the background, and I'll guarantee you she had a whole lot to do with that 12-year-old girl being born. She had a whole lot to do with her being raised up, and she had a whole lot to do with J. Ivers being concerned about his family. Thank God for Mama. Amen. So here's a family. Jesus puts families back together. Let me close. When he does that, life overcomes death. Victory overcomes defeat. Light overcomes darkness. Gladness overcomes sadness. And I could give you another dozen or two. That's when Jesus comes in. I want him in my church. Wherever I'm preaching... Wherever I'm pastoring, wherever I'm evangelizing, I want him to be real. Amen. Well, look, and I'm through. Look at verse number 20. We got his presence. We got his preaching. We got his power. We got his preeminence. In verse number 20, when the fame hereof went abroad, the fame thereof went abroad into all. Look at his praise. The fame went all broad, all that land. You talking about Facebook? Now, I was on the police force, and I still got some of that in me, so you help me with that, would you? But uh, I was, I escorted John F. Kennedy through Tampa, and I'm not wanting any preeminent. I just happened to be a motorcycle cop when he come to Tampa. He left Tampa, went to Dallas, was shot by Lee Harvey Oswald, out of the book depository and all of that stuff. But uh, when, when Mr. Kennedy was shot, here's what, what they told us. Uh, that message went around the world in less than 24 hours. The President of the United States, John F. Kennedy, has been assassinated with the governor of Texas, and he survived, but assassinated in Dallas. And if you hadn't got to watch some of those films, you ought to watch them. It, I saw one the other night on her iPad and touched my heart again about his wife, Jackie, and all that going on. But uh, that went around the world in 24 hours or less. Jesus died on Calvary over 2,000 years ago. And they say... Half the world has never heard about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus because the church has lost her power. Matthew 28, 19, I'm closed. I'm coming in for a landing. Matthew 28, 18, All power, Jesus said, is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore. We need to get the power of God back on the church, get it back on up our young people, that young man that I talked about, uh, his uh, son 
is working at my doctor's office down off of Woodruff Road, and I didn't know it, but we come around to that and say, yeah, my dad used to go to your church, and I remember that was his granddaddy that got mad at me about trying to help his dad, this boy's dad. That's another story, and you're not interested in it one bit. But nevertheless, the power's there, but we've got to get that power in our young people and our families and back in our homes again. His praise went abroad. It went everywhere. Here's the reason I read those two final verses about the blind men. When Jesus left this house, two blind men followed him. I believe they may have been out on the street and uh, Alexander's ragtime band shut down. And they said, something's going on in there. And they heard that young lady. And I, this is in between the lines. Thank you, Jesus, for raising me from the dead. Jairus had a shouting fit, and Mama may have danced a little bit in the kitchen, a praising God. And those two blind men, when Jesus came out, they said, if he can do that for her, I believe he can do it for us. Anyway, two blind men followed him. You can put on the scale, put the meat on the bone, where you want to, but something caused them, Brother Jared, to want to follow Jesus wherever Jared went. I know he couldn't take preaching. Amen. If I'd have seen him leave, I'd have shot him in the back. Amen. Something made those blind men want to follow Jesus. Now we sit in here like Elijah the wooden Indian. We sit in here like we got the mumps. We sit in here mad and upset and aggravated with things and don't go just exactly the way we do. And sit in here and act like some of y'all act today. I wouldn't trade what you got for a Missouri mule. If I did, I'd shoot the mule. Dead as a doornail, cold as a dog's nose, empty as last year's bird's nest, and wonder why the young people's not flocking to the church. Wake up! I'm telling you, if uh, the Atlanta Braves would win two in a row, you'd shout, you'd run the streets of Landon, you'd holler, you'd scream, till you couldn't talk the next day. Jesus saved some soul in the house of God and we sit around here like Elijah the wooden Indian. You want me to sing a verse? Elijah was a wooden Indian standing by the door. He fell in love with an Indian maid over at the antique store. Elijah, he never let it show. He stood there. She could never answer yes or no. He is in love with her never told her. I love Jesus. I want you to know it. I know what he did to the Rain's house in verse 23 when he came in. I'm glad those are under the blood and I'm glad they're gone. And I try to be a respectful husband and a father to my wife and my family. But I know when Jesus made the difference and he came into our house. You reckon there's any difference? That evening or that next morning, whatever, down at J. Iverson's house. Hell, it's it wasn't Heartbreak Hotel anymore. No, sir. Hallelujah, it was on, buddy. And something happened to cause those two old blind men, may have been their neighbor. They said, I, We want to follow him. If he can do that for them, he can do it for us. Amen. So his praise went all over. And I'm through, but let everything that has breath praise you, the Lord. Ma'am. Would you pinch your husband and see if he's still breathing? Yeah. If he holler, ah! oh yeah, he's alive. He's not dead yet, but they still hope for him. Yeah. 
Give place. Is that hard to do? I preached on follow me. I'm through. I preached on follow me when I was pastoring. And I walked by the 